Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Erin Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast, my podcast about immigrants and immigration and everything in between. Thank you for listening and downloading the show, and thank you for supporting my dad. And welcome back to another captivating episode of An Immigrant's Life. I'm delighted to have you here, joining us once again for a journey into the fascinating stories of those who have embraced a new home and a new culture. Your continued support and presence means the world to me. And as always, you can find An Immigrant's Life on all major podcasting platforms, including YouTube. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button to ensure you never miss an episode. And if you could take a moment to leave a five-star rating, it would truly make my day. Your valuable feedback helps me grow and allows this podcast to reach an even wider audience. But that's not all. We also keep the conversation going on our social media pages. Follow us at An Immigrant's Life to stay up to date with the latest updates and catch exclusive audio snippets from our captivating episodes. That's the biz. Now, let's get to the meat and potatoes. In this week's installment, I had the pleasure of engaging in a profound and thought-provoking conversation with an exceptionally talented choreographer. His unique perspective on life will leave you inspired and enlightened, so get ready to immerse yourself in his captivating life and philosophy. And with that being said, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a choreographer and a creative director. He moves forward with gratitude while inspiring others to do the same. Everyone, please welcome AP Guyen. Hello, 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 hello. My man, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, of course, of course. Why don't you tell the immigrant nation where they can reach you before we get into the nitty gritty? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, most of my content is on uh, Instagram, so at ap.ngu, and then I have a link on my YouTube for that page as well. Uh, my YouTube isn't really mainly for like promotion, I just kind of use it as like a, a library of content, so to speak, more of like a portfolio. But yeah, most of my content is on Instagram, so if you guys want to check me out, uh, yeah, you'll get me at, at ap.ngu. Mm, perfect, man. Your videos are amazing. Thank Especially you so much. the last one that you made. The, the one with the guy you're sitting on the bench? Yeah, a lot of people really like that one. I feel like uh, like the fact that you bring that up, the last two videos I shot, I shot one of them with my girlfriend in San Francisco. Oh, that's your and girlfriend? Then, I was yeah, going to say that too. That was awesome too. I like that one too. Those two specifically, I feel like uh, I took like a little step back and I tried to just like make stuff on my own a little bit more. Like I, I've mm-hmm. been on the road of like creating stuff, which is really cool that people really like the two last ones that I shot because... Uh, the three last one, like the three big ones that I shot in terms of like big production, people mm-hmm. love those ones, but those one took so much work. It took so much like practice. It took like, uh, I had my friend that was um, taking all the videos or a lot of editing, a lot of locations in mind. Like it was very much a big directive production. And the two last one, I shot it on my phone mm. and we didn't have any practice. I just showed up to a location with a homie uh, that wanted to do something. And I was like, hey, let's just make something and let's just shoot it. And it turned out great because uh, I guess like now that I've been doing it for a while, I can kind of like color correct my own videos. Hmm. I can edit my own videos. So it makes it look better. And 
I know a lot of people, especially like in the dance community, um, it's always nicer. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have a, like a pro camera and a videographer on hand, but hey, iPhone shoots in 4K now, so. Dude, it was perfect. So I swear to yes. God, dude, yeah. I thought it was like you're using like a professional camera. Yeah, iPhone shoots in 4K now, so it's perfect. It's I mean, well obviously, done. I can't get like all these like crazy long shots, but mm-hmm. you know, it but, still works. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're trying to say there, that long shots and, you know, wide shots. But with your art, you f- focus on the movements, right? More than the visual, right? It, 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 is, it is funny because that is a half and half. With, with mm-hmm. a lot of dancers, they focus on a lot of the movement. And don't get me wrong, I want to I focus on movement a lot too because I am a dancer. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I realize that one thing that is missing sometimes in these dance videos is like... Um, sometimes the quality of the video and like narrative. So I, I like to focus on both. I love movies. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of cinema. I watch a lot of like old movies, new movies, whatever type of movies. And like whenever I see these things and I see these shots that are getting put on like these big screens, my head's always like, how can I reproduce this mm-hmm. for dance videos? Like dance should look as nice. It shouldn't just be all about the dance. It's all on video. So mm-hmm. it adds to the dance. It just makes it nicer. Yeah. Yeah. What filter did you use for the videos? Because they looked like a little bit like rusty in like yeah, very. Um, that's the thing. I didn't use a filter. I just edited everything by myself on mm. uh, software. I used uh, Premiere Pro for one of them, and then um, the other one. I ch- it was a little bit more experimental. I just hopped on. Uh, I know a lot of people who film stuff and like edit videos on phone, but like I, it's an app called CapCut. And then I tried to like mess around with it a little bit. So I tried mm. to like, you know, I followed a lot of template online too. So like how to make a video look a certain way. And I know that like, for example, right now, like it, it's trending a lot. Like this one director, his name is Wes Anderson. And a mm. lot of his movies are like, they, they're color corrected in a very specific way. So I tried mm. to make my videos look like that. And immediately like everyone was able to tell they're like, oh, it's very Wes Anderson. And like it works. It made it like more appealing to watch right now, I guess. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. That's, when I saw that video, it, the title is Kiss the Earth, right? Yeah. And I saw it like, oh, this is like Wes Anderson look like. Yeah, it's you know? very much like the yellow and the blue and mm. like the, the, the warm. The, the brown. Yeah. Brown. Yeah. It's so funny because Wes Anderson has been making movies for for ages, right? And for a long, long, long time. All of a sudden, that's the new cool thing now. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, especially with, like, fat, like uh, I like to think of it as, like, uh, like, with very, like, with media nowadays, like, people consume media very quick. And you mm-hmm. take a clip from, like, some of his, like, f- what his recent movie that's coming out, Asteroid City, and, like, you see how it's color corrected, and it just looks so different. Obviously, everyone's going to jump at it, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, like, like, this looks good, but then if you go back and you, you even just look a little bit at some of the movies Wes Anderson has made, all of his movies have what looked like this for like ever. Yeah. So I don't know. It, he's not. He's not. I can't sit here and be like he's like like a, a, a director that I very much follow. But I, I have watched some of his older movies and I, I love uh, his stuff and it does look very nice. So I was like, why not try not to? Why not try to do that and put mm. that in a video? And it looked great. People loved it. It is so, beautiful. Yeah. In the Kiss the Earth, I'm trying to figure out the story. Um, honestly, uh, a lot with a lot of my concept videos and a lot of things I put, I don't focus too much on any narrative. I kind of just like to, uh, and I, I know this sounds like kind of like I guess 
a lot of people will say this, but I feel like it's the best way to appreciate art. Sometimes like I just leave it up for interpretation. It's very ambiguous. Mm, yep. You see it how you will. Bob Dylan. And, uh, yeah, like very, very just like watch it, get what you want from it. Uh, mm -hmm. For that one specifically, the two last ones I shot, it was very much just like, just like very being one with, I guess I want to say like being one with like nature, I guess, and just like exploring. Mm -hmm. But some of the older stuff that I've posted, like the, I guess like the three last big concept videos that I posted, those ones definitely have more of a clear narrative story to them. Mm -hmm. But the two last ones was very much just for the visual to see where like I can take uh, some locations and some shots and how they can be shot and so on and so on. Yeah. Like Summer Nights. I love that one. Yes. Yes. That was that, good. Those ones, th that one's definitely more like, there's like, it's it's easier to interpret like a story for, for, for those ones. But mm. um, the two last ones were definitely just more for like, uh, for fun. It was nothing mm. too serious. But for yeah. the Summer Nights, I love the weird clothes and the filter. <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's so yeah, random. Like, Hundred percent. Like, I, 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 uh, one of a dancer uh, that I, I look up to a lot, and I, I consider him like very much like a, an, a visual and like a mentor to me. His name is Aiden Carberry, and he shoots a lot of like dance videos, um, in the style that I want to shoot my stuff in. Like, I inspire myself a lot from him, mm -hmm. and he always has like these weird outfits, and like, uh, it's very like random. So it, it kind of just like it makes everything kind of feel like um, just a dream. Mm. And I thought that for, even for him, that was kind of like um, the aesthetic that he was going for. So I was kind of working off of that a lot. But I, I actually got the chance to meet him and talk to him. And he explained to me that that's not his narrative at all. Like the random outfits for him do have a meaning and everything. So, And then I guess I realized that like this whole like crazy, you're in a dream is very, I guess, in a sense, very original to me. So it just became like my thing now. So like, that's the reason why sometimes like a lot of random locations happen in my video or there's always someone sleeping and someone waking up because everything is supposed to feel like a fever dream. Mm. You know, when you dream and you just have no idea what's going on and people <laughs> just come and go, you jump to different locations. Like I really want my uh, videos to feel like that just so it catches your attention a little bit more. Mm. But yeah. Hey, well done, man. You're doing great. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well done. Just for the listeners, let's talk a little bit about you personally. Born yeah. and bred in Montreal and yep. you're ethnically Vietnamese? Yes, sir. And are you a second generation immigrant? Uh, no, I was uh, born and raised here. I think my parents are second generation immigrants. No, they're first generation, I'm pretty sure. Who moved first uh, in your family? Uh, both my both my parents. Okay, I think so they are second they generation. Together. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but when did they move here? My my dad is really old. My parents, like even my grandparents, which they're still alive, which I think it's crazy because they're like in their late nineties now. Ooh, but, God bless. Uh, my grandparents and my parents all moved to uh, Montreal, Canada, uh, during the Vietnam War. Mm, so okay. uh, my dad came here like really early on in his life, I think, and he studied here in Montreal. Which again is very surprising. My dad's like close to his seventies. He's really, really old. And uh, holy crap! Yeah, he graduated from Concordia as a computer engineer, and now he owns a restaurant with his friends, and they do that, from what I know. But yeah, um, yeah, my parents are old. My mom's like in her late sixties. My dad's in his seventies, and I'm like twenty six. So they got <laughs> me very, very late. Are you? Yeah. How many siblings do you have? Are you the eldest? Uh, I have a little sister. That's it. 
dude, that is a lo- like they waited. Yeah, oh yeah, they waited. My parents like very much like wanted everything to like be good, and they they they've been married now for like over like forty years. Oh, so. God bless. Yeah, it's good. How does it feel to have old parents? Uh, it's it's weird because you would think that they would be a lot more like close-minded and very traditional which they were growing up but my parents are very like understanding like i think like when growing up i think it, w- it was very tough because my parents always wanted me to like obviously it's like asian parents right so <laughs> they want me to be a doctor an accountant or whatever like i know people make fun of it all the time and they think it's like just a funny stereotype but it's a reality like asian parents mm-hmm. want you to be a doctor an accountant or anything <laughs> that brings back bread like um and they kind of realized that like i wasn't really a good student i wasn't bad at school like i did okay i passed but i never really did great and when they realized that i had more of like an artistic uh vision for like better things my dad started supporting more in terms of dance which is Mm. which is really good really good like i know not a lot of people are lucky to be able to like follow their passions in life and sometimes they're like i feel Mm -hmm. like people give up easily and then they move on to like whatever uh, this is going to bring back the most money or whatever. But like, it, it's good to know that I have friends and especially family that like support me. Mm. Uh, but growing up was hard. Definitely. Cause um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but like a lot of like other, like my cousins and like my older cousins and even some of my little cousins are all very like intellectually good in school. Mm. They're all very like, uh, like straight A students. So I was always compared growing up and they always wanted to me me to be like more like that but i was always good in sports i was always Mm. better artistically so eventually when i got a little bit older my parents kind of realized that like it's not going to help me if they keep trying to force me into an avenue that doesn't really help me Mm. and then fast forward now uh yeah like life is good and and i can make money off of dance and i can support myself and i can support my parents with it too so Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i saw that you studied business and accounting for two and a half years is that worth trying to please your parents yeah i was i was in and out of like business and accounting like in in cgip like i i I did it for like a year i hated it and took a break and then i went (laughs) back into it trying to like it again but i just didn't and then i eventually just like stopped and i dropped out and then that's when i just tried to go full-time dance Mm. and it was tough at first but um yeah now it gets to a point where it's it's great did yeah. you have to sit down with your parents and say, yo, mom, dad, this is what I want and it's not oh, going to change? No. Definitely. No, I was very much, uh, I've always been very been like hard headed. So like sitting down and having a conversation with me isn't going to work. And my parents are as hard headed. So hmm. yeah, uh, sitting down and talking was never really a thing. It's kind of just like showing them because they were hmm. always just worried that like dance wasn't going to make any money. Yeah, but then like uh, booking like my first gig, and then doing like TV shows, and then I get asked to teach, and then I I do a bunch of these things, and my parents are starting to realize like okay, like like this works out, and I I never really wanna even take dance full full time full time full time like I, I well recently I stopped working at the company that I used to work at, but I was at uh, I was working at a gaming company for three years okay on the side just to make extra money. Like I very much like showed my parents that regardless, like I can maintain and take care of myself. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, they just care, you know. They just cared that you know eventually when they're not here anymore, that who's gonna take care of you? Can you take care of yourself? Yeah, I think definitely my dad talks about that a lot. It's because he's so old. He thinks that like if he was younger, maybe he would have like more time to take care of me. Mm-hmm. But he's scared that like his time is coming soon. So like like you said, hmm. like who's gonna be here to like support me? But 
I, I don't even know he says that. Like I, I support them at this point, mm-hmm. which is very tough. I think not a lot of people, especially like some of my friends who are like Westerners, they don't like really have to deal with this as much. Mm-hmm. But Asian parents expect you to take care of them when they get older. Yep. Like, That's how it is. Um, I recently was able to convince, and I say this not as like an excuse because I know a lot of my friends, like they don't understand, but like I was not allowed to move out of my house until I either got married or like, <laughs> like I can move out and take care of them. So uh, we ended up like getting a duplex here and then I had to pay for like, like I, I pretty much paid for the rent for my parents for like a whole, uh, it's been like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad that I can do that because of like my job and because of dance, like my parents didn't have to like f- pay anything anymore. Like rent was just fully on me. Mm-hmm. And that felt nice because it pretty much just felt like this became my house. So they couldn't mm-hmm. really yell at me anymore. <laughs> so that was great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. And recently things have been changing around a little bit in terms of like the dynamic of our family. My sister and her boyfriend like have their own place upstairs now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to just like get out because I mean, I mean, I don't mind disclosing this information because it's it's whatever for me. But like, I'm still in like my twenties. Uh, I'm still exploring and doing stuff, and I'm paying. I think like two point three k here a month. Ooh, and that's a lot. That that's is a, a lot, lot, dude. A lot, lot. But it's okay because I I I don't. It's it's my choice and not like I don't want my parents to stress about those things. Uh, my dad still has like debt to pay off and like a bunch of things, so it's like it's nice to just let my parents relax a little bit, but because uh, now that my sister's here and she, she's like taking, she wants to take care of my parents. I can finally be like, okay, I can go out on my own. Cause like hmm. two grand a month is a lot, dude. Bro, like, that's a lot, dude. I, I'm, I'm, it's great. I'm surviving. I'm not even living right now. So <laughs> it'd be not, like, and I find a place uh, in Montreal in the plateau. Cause right now I'm in St. Leonard. So it's still a little mm. bit far. So it makes everything a little bit harder. But yeah, like everything is just like uh, new changes in life, a bunch of different directions right now. So, yeah. Hey, man, good luck. And then you're doing great. You're doing good for the family, you know? Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. You mentioned, but I wasn't sure. Do you work full-time choreographer or uh, dance teacher? I, I, I used to before the pandemic. Mm. Uh, but um, I tried it for a little bit and then the pandemic hit and obviously that kind of freaked me out. It freaked everybody out. I was an artist. And, um, I tried to get back into it, but I realized that there's a lot of, um, I guess it, it blocks me from doing a lot of the things that I want to do that I love in dance. Like full-time dancing in Montreal is, is hard. Like, uh, I, I mean, I'll say it cause I, not that anybody cares cause everybody kind of knows at this point, but in the professional, like in the industry of dance in Montreal, you rarely book anything as a professional choreographer. They always will go back to the same people. Even if you want to get booked as a dancer, they always book the same people. It's always the same people who get booked, which is, I'm not saying, I'm not discrediting their work. They're great, but it'd be nice if there was a little bit more work and a little bit more diversity and search for people. And that's very like the industry world, like TV shows, musicals, and like so on and so on. And then on the other flip side of like Montreal is teachers which is what I do a little bit part-time right now because it helps and it's fun from time to time. But it's uh, some of us like teach at like a lot of dance studios. Okay. Uh, you know, like kids go there to like learn teenagers, even adults and like for competitions, Montreal has a very big 
I don't want to, I can't say culture because it's not really a culture, but they, they, there's a lot of co- dance competitions in Montreal. So a lot of schools compete. So I'm teaching like three teams right now, like six, seven kids. And that brings back a lot of money, but it's just, there's a schedule that you have to follow. Uh, and a lot of it is based on these kids because they go to school and uh, you're teaching them. And it stops me from doing stuff like traveling and um This year, I've been traveling a lot, mainly because my girlfriend's in San Francisco. So I get to like go out there. But like also another reality that kind of sucks is that for the choreography scene and like the drop-in culture and drop-in for the people who are, are listening who are not like dancers is basically just like, um, you know, those dance videos that you watch, like you see on YouTube of like people doing like they go to a class, they pay 20 bucks. There's no like uh, commitment. It's just you show up, you pay money and you get oh, to okay. dance yeah. and a choreography teacher's. The drop-in culture in Montreal is dying. It is it is sad, and I like I don't I don't think anybody that I know that's a friend or a dancer can really argue with me. The drop-in culture in Montreal is gonna die. It is dead. Why? All the well, all the studios who have drop-in, uh, who are offering drop-ins are um, closing. Mm. Some of them are not getting enough students. Some of them are not promoting their class enough. Some of them are not hiring enough teachers. But it's no one's fault. It's just because the budget is not there. And also people in Montreal just don't train as much as they should in choreography. Um, and if they do, it's in competition schools, which is a complete different things. It offers good training as well, but it's just not the same as, for example, I would say like uh, in San Francisco or in LA or in Vancouver or in Toronto. Like um, I am lucky, even me, I am lucky enough to be like one of the fewer choreographers that get a lot of people to come to my class and take class. But like, uh, like even I would say like even the, before the pandemic, like I would have like double the amount of students and now it's been a lot less and it's just harder. Like I know that like, since like some studios have closed down and then, um, people are just more doing their own thing. It's, it's, it's definitely tougher. So whenever I visit America, like America and I, I go to drop in classes or I get like asked to teach or, um, It's just so much more fun because like people come to class, people want to train people like it, it feels a lot more community uh, mm. than it is here in Montreal sometimes. But uh, Montreal is a great culture for like street dance, like street style, which is, it's really, really amazing for like I, every time I go anywhere and, and this is not just me loving my city. I'm not even a street dancer. I don't even battle or whatever, but like, I know a lot of my friends do a lot of my friends are street dancers. Like, you don't really even get job out of being a street dancer. It's very, it's very much for like the love and the passion of dance that you do it. Mm-hmm. And no matter where I go in the world, I think every time there's a battle or an event, like nothing compares to like seeing one in Montreal, like what we have is just very, very different. Really? It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's fun to like enjoy and uh, be a guest in that community. But unfortunately when it comes to choreography, um, our our scene in our culture is just not as strong and a lot of like the people who are considered good choreographers and like, amazing dancers like most of the time we stick closer to each other like we'll just like host a session or we'll we'll dance at someone's house or sometimes i'll rent a studio and they'll come dance with me but in terms of like training and taking choreography classes there's not that many mm. you ever thought of starting your own studio Oh, it's funny you said because I've I've talked about it with a couple of my friends and like honestly like I think I would be able to like 
I think if I opened up my own studio, I'd do a pretty good job based just yeah. on like my experience and like I, I'm I've been willing to like go to different studios and meet different studio owners and like I see what works and I see what doesn't work. Mm. And so far, all that I see that doesn't work, um, I see it in a lot of the studios here. But obviously, it's not my place to say anything. I don't work with them or for them. Uh, they do whatever they think works best for their studio. And uh, all the things that I know that would work in a studio, no one here is really doing them. Hmm. So, yeah, it'd be dope to open my own studio. But I've heard so many things from a bunch of people that, like, the moment you become a studio owner, like, it kind of kills your love for dance. <laughs> because it becomes a business. Yeah, then you start seeing dance as a business more than, like, a passion. But some people hmm. are able to do it. Uh, not everybody. Like, I can think of, like, a couple in mind here in Montreal who... Like one of uh, a really good choreographer and mentor of mine, uh, her name is Sarah Stebbin. She she opened up a studio um, called Workroom, mm. and uh, she still dances, she still battles, she still does her stuff. But like even when we were taking her training program, like you could, I, I could, I could feel like it was tough because mm. the pandemic happened and everything. It's like it's hard to like keep an, a space open and alive. Mm -hmm. when you But say battle try. what do what do you mean battle like you know i've seen like b-boys they dance and then they're like hey what's oh, up same bro? exact thing like if you watch step up i guess it's like if that's like an idea but a battle is basically just like um two dancers or sometimes it's like 2v2 sometimes it's like crew versus crew sometimes it's one versus one mainly most of the time it's ones versus one hmm. it's basically just dancers uh it, the, it's more of a, a freestyle scene than a choreography scene so no one really shows up with Uh, anything prepared except for like the technique and the craft that they've mastered or are mm. training in in their specific style and then they just compete against one another in front of like a, a group of judges and then the judges decides who had like the better round who had like better technique who uh, used their musicality better who uh, mm. so on and so on okay yeah when did you discover your love for dancing uh Not until recent. I think like I started off dancing very much for fun. I've been dancing for like seven years now, close to eight. And like uh, early on, it was very much just surface level. It was just fun to mm. be around friends, uh, get girls. I don't know. It was very like surface, surface level. Mm -hmm. And then when I started uh, realizing that like um, a lot of the things I loved creating mm -hmm. and then teaching, I used to teach choreos every week. And that was really, really fun. But then that also made me realize that like um, it wasn't enough. Like I was creating and I was filming classes, but it wasn't really like all I wanted to do. Although I really did enjoy it and I still teach because I do enjoy creating. But like it's when I started like shooting my own concept videos. Mm -hmm. Even the first few ones were tough because the first few concept videos I shot, they, they, they didn't turn out the way I wanted to. It wasn't as great. It was more fun. But recently, I think, like, I would say, like, as of, like, 2021-ish, mm. that's when I started finding my passion. So it's only been, like, two years now, almost, like, three, that I've, like, really wow. loved, like, started really loving dance because I'm starting to find my own style and I'm starting to meet more people who, like, align with, like... Uh, The things I want to do that's also a part that's made me enjoy dance more is like I finally found like people that I can exchange with more than mm. just like a random amount of people so yeah very recent it's been like um, two two years wow that's amazing man and you're a professional already I guess so I don't like calling myself a professional but yes I guess in this at this point in the world I'm a professional like I think you, you become a professional when you start getting booked and paid 
yeah. for jobs. I think that's pretty much right. Yeah, yeah, I guess you know? so. That's amazing, man. I used to dance when I was younger, but you know what I mean? Like in the corner street, we, you know, you know, Asian people, you know, we like, yeah, 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 when there's yeah, a party, yeah. like, hey guys, the prop dance, you know, like a group of kids, you know, but yeah. not like the, you're like, obviously you're like high level. You I know? guess so. It, it, it's hard because I, I talk about this a lot with like a lot of friends and even people that I've met that are like people I look up to, but it, it's hard because you have a lot, especially I think a lot of artists deal with this. Mm. Uh, not all of them, but I know a big majority that like we have a lot of like imposter syndrome. We mm. always think like our work isn't enough or like mm. we compare our work to people who we think are better and then we wonder why. But then recently I've realized that like there are a lot of people who are better than me, but in specific parts. And there's a lot of part of me, for example, like my creative sides and the the shots I choose and how I film stuff and how I can like put dance in a video. Sometimes I'm better than some people in other stuff. So it's hard to very much compare dance on a surface level to be like, this person is better than you because mm. dance is very fluid and there's a bunch of different styles. There's a bunch of different techniques. People dance on different type of music. People interpret stuff different ways. So it's a very big world. So mm. trying to yeah, get that yeah. mindset to like sit with myself more than always just comparing myself to somebody else. So you're doing better with the imposter syndrome? Yeah, recently it's been better. Like uh, I feel like... Um, I've always like wanted to like get validation from so many people so hard and that never really worked out. But then when I started doing my own stuff and started like thriving, that's when like people started noticing me. So I was like, Oh, well at this point, let's just keep going on this road. The real work. Yeah. yeah. What element of dancing got you obsessed with dancing? Uh, honestly, it's, it's, I, I like uh, the, the details and the stories you can tell. Hmm. with dance uh and even if it's not really like a story like i said sometimes it's very ambiguous like how like certain parts of your body the way you move it just feels nice it's, it's very hard to explain to like mm -hmm. for example like when i try to talk about it to like some of my friends who don't dance but like when you start understanding how dance is very like it's physical m m as much as it is mental but like you start to understand your body better than like i guess an average person would like I can like, I, I know how to like articulate like my fingers and my arms so that my body can move. And like, it's a very satisfying feeling to like feel very connected with your body. Mm -hmm. So that, that aspect is very enjoyable. Yeah, man. Like the way you move your hand just now, you're like, yeah. Yo. I'm like, my hand is like, look at this, look at this hand. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> do you lift weights or do you, how do you train for your body? Just dance? That's a both. It's a mix of both. I feel like a lot of dancers um, don't do this, which it sucks because I know a lot of my friends um, and dancers that I've met, they always uh, get older. And when I mean get older, it's not even that old. Some of my friends are in their 20s and they have like knee problems and back problems. And it's always the same because I'm like, oh, like what do you guys train? And it's always like, yeah, like I train five times a week. I dance five times a week. I'm like, no, but do you like condition to yourself do you go to the gym and most of them know they're like oh yeah i just train when i dance which i think it's very wrong because mm. as much as it is dance is a sport like you don't like you know like lebron or michael don't, they don't just go hoop seven times a week and get the result that they have they they have a conditioning they train they they do cardio they eat well mm -hmm. so that they can do the sport they love 100%. And I try to maintain my body as much. I'm not intense as some of my friends, but like I go to the gym maybe twice or three times a week. I just try to keep my body healthy so that I can dance because, you know, like it's, it, it, it is, it is a lot more, um, like, I guess it's not as, I guess, I don't want to say it's as physically, unless you're like a, a B-boy, 
but it's not as like physically intense as like any as another sport but you know we we do a lot of like jumps we have to bend our knees a lot like we have to like reach a lot of like weird angles with our body so we're not going to get the same injury as like a basketball player who like can maybe like twist their ankles or like tear an acl but like in terms of like long-term muscle pain and like joint pains and like that that's a that is a very shitty reality Mm-hmm. A lot of my a lot of my friends who who do uh, a little bit more like I guess like heavy impact like uh, dancing like break dancers or contemporary dancers or even just like some of my friends who are like hip hop dancers who like just like move a lot more intense like are starting to like feel back pains. A lot of my friends are going to like osteos and it's like who you need to learn to take care of your body before doing all of this, mm-hmm. or else sure. you're in the long term you're just gonna crumble. Mm-hmm. Diet wise, what do you eat? Healthy veggies? I, I, it's a mix, man. Like sometimes, like I'm gonna want to look good for like a shoot or something, so I'll like I'll start dieting for like like a month or two, just mm-hmm. like. But I'm lucky; I have a very high metabolism, so I've never really been like on the chubbier side. I've always been very fit, even if I don't work out a lot. But like, mm-hmm. no, I don't think anybody really like diets that crazy. Although I will say, a lot of dancers are just vegan for whatever reason. I don't know, like. <laughs> It's like one in three dancers is either vegetarian or vegan. It's it's really? uh, yeah. It's have you tried it? Nah, I mean, I I think I could go vegetarian just because like Asian culture has a lot of good like veggie dishes mm-hmm. that are on their own just taste great. I think like white people like salads sometimes it's just like they make it to diet, but like Asians when we make like food with like vegetables and fruit, it still tastes good. Yeah, that's our life. You yeah, know? right. That's our so. cuisine. There's not so there's also, not much meat, you know. Meat is expensive. Yeah, yeah meat is expensive. <laughs> But yeah, I think I could do it. Did you go to school to learn how to dance? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I I I say no compared to like a lot of the people I know. I what how I've learned dance is not the same way they do. Hmm. Like the kids that I teach now, like I have like three, four teams of like kids that I teach, like uh, six, seven, eight students in each group. Like they're in a studio right now. Their mm-hmm. parents are paying. They're learning from a teacher. They have like extracurricular activities. They have trainings. Uh, I didn't learn dance like that. I think I did like one year in a studio, and I didn't really like it, and I stopped. A lot of what I learned was from like outside. Mm-hmm. A lot of learning from YouTube, like uh, University of YouTube. Yeah, a lot of YouTube videos. A lot of like choreographers back in the days that would post a lot of their videos online. I would just watch it and try to do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was also just like learning from like friends. So yeah, mm. but you know how sometimes the like universities has like school of dance. Yeah, Montreal has a lot of good uh, school for dance. Montreal has a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of universities. They have a lot of good programs for dance, but it's mainly contemporary, mm. but like technique. It's a lot more on like the like definitely not close to what I do in terms of my style, but. Um, It it they they offer very good programs. You get out of school with a good degree. You have opportunities to uh, do shows and book jobs. It's it's great, but it's 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 definitely on a different world. There is not really any school for like hip hop or choreography. A lot of those, mm. yeah, it's different. A lot of those you have to learn on your own, or you go to like uh, smaller studios or like professional like dance studios, but no school for that mm. style really. I love that you mentioned school of hip hop. I saw this reel on Instagram about this white lady with like baggy clothes. I think this is was shot back in the 90s. 
this is how you dance hip hop. It was I think horrible. I think I know exactly what video you're talking about. Yeah, everyone always makes fun of that video. What What do you think of that? Like, do you think she's she actually believes that hip hop or? I don't know. I think I think it definitely just like it's probably just like a marketing thing or like uh, I don't know. Like, especially in Montreal, like hip hop culture is very very heavy because we're mm -hmm. right next to New York, mm -hmm. so. Especially being in the East Coast, I think like we we have a lot of like respect for the hip hop culture, and I, I I don't think it's like, I mean I don't I can't say much about it because I am a guest in the community. I don't really even participate that much. I think I've taken a few trainings here and there, and mm -hmm. a lot of my friends are in it. But um, when it comes down to hip hop, like I think most importantly, like you don't learn that stuff in like a school. Uh, I think you you meet people. You need to understand the culture. You need to understand mm -hmm. the story behind also why hip hop is is mm -hmm. is hip hop, and it's not just dance. I think that's another thing too that people need to understand. That I'm still trying to understand that hip hop is not just a dance style. It's like it's very much like a lifestyle and a culture. There's the music behind it. There's messages behind it. There's there's a whole there's mm -hmm. history behind it. There's a lot of like uh, things that we as dancers who want to get into hip hop need to understand. So yeah, you mentioned about private events. Do you get invited for those things, and what do you do? Like, do you prepare for them? Do you set up a, a certain routine? Yeah, it depends. Like sometimes we get booked for like shows, like a lot of like uh, competitions and some events here and there, and mm. they'll just reach out. Like, a, I have like a team of dancers that I dance with. Sometimes they reach out to me. Sometimes they reach out to like uh, my friend, and then like we'll have like bookings for event. And yeah, it's like mainly it's like we showcase a member as like a, like a special uh, event, like special invitees to this mm. piece. And yeah, usually we have a set that we prepare. We usually take like two or three weeks of practice, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, depending on what we do. Uh, sometimes dancers get booked for big events like that, that we dance in like groups. Mm. And then sometimes I get booked to, to choreo something for a show. So okay. sometimes I don't even dance and then I just make a piece and then some other people present my piece. Mm. And then sometimes I get booked to teach. For example, when I went to uh, LA and San Francisco, I was able to reach out to a few studios and some studios reached out to me being like, hey, we heard you're in town. Like, we would love to have you teach. So it mm. all depends. It's very, it's very different. How does that work? Like, you know, you, how do they know you? How do they reach? You? There's no like, I don't know. It's not like you're a engineer you know what I right. mean? That you have it's, a resume. It's, it's it's very different i think like in terms of dance especially with like uh teaching specifically teaching because it's what i'm doing mm. um there and this is this is very like this is i guess the truth that i believe in and what i've heard from like a lot of people who have made it in the industry and um yes some people are lucky enough to get reached out all the time because their content is amazing but sometimes your your shit might just not fly up on the for you page. Sometimes your stuff is not going to be seen, and you might be an amazing dancer. Mm -hmm. You have to reach out and take these opportunities by yourself. Mm. Um, like I didn't get reached out and like for all these opportunities to teach until I made the first step, which was I traveled and I was like I reached out to the studios first being like hey my name is ap i'm a choreographer from montreal this is the, the these are the jobs i've done so on and so on and so on mm -hmm. uh would it be down would you guys be down if i teach at your studios and then uh, so far it's always been a yes and a lot of people are like yeah we're super down to have you we're super down to have you and then 
because I'm in San Francisco and I'm teaching at like three choreo- uh, at three studios and I'm from Montreal, some studios over there, they all follow each other. So they're going to see like, oh, who is this kid? Mm. Like, oh, this kid's from Canada and he's in America and he's teaching at these two studios. So then one studio is going to reach out to me and be like, hey, we heard you're in town from so-and-so. Would you love to come teach at our studio? And then it becomes word to mouth. And eventually I get other studios reaching out to me and being like, oh, we would love to have you come teach. So it gets to a point where I don't even need to ask anymore. People are like, nice. when, when's the next time you're in town? Like we would, we would love to have you teach. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's getting to that point and it's, it's really dope. That's but I'm trying to like um, expand that reach a little bit more. It's just tough because my style of choreography is very hard to teach. Yeah. Whenever I, whenever I teach stuff in class, it's very different from the stuff I shoot in my films. Oh, okay. Like I teach more like, like, I guess like hype songs, more like full body energy, like more of what the stuff you see on like YouTube and on Instagram. It's like, it's just more easy to teach. It's more appealing. It's on music that people listen to a lot more. Mm-hmm. So it's easier. But when I shoot concept videos, usually I try to do more like experimental stuff, Okay. which is definitely the style I love to do more. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to teach that in class because I tried, but then I, I I I do a combo in class and it's like super complicated and everyone just looks at me like I'm insane. <laughs> like it looks good and everyone's like, AP, how do you do that? And then I'm like, I'm trying to teach it to you, but they yeah, don't move, understand what's going on. Move the on. fingers like this, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like in a lot of my choreos, I'll be like, move your like, like, you know, and people are like, we can't follow that, you know? So, yeah. Is there a terminology or a name for the type of dance that you do? Like the hand movement is so amazing. Not really. I we I just call it choreography. It's it's very unique mm. to like uh the not even to me to like the, I guess the group of people who do my style, we still just call it choreography. Okay. A lot of a lot of the stuff that is a lot more like ambiguous and like um it doesn't stem from any like um root and dance for example some people teach like hip-hop choreography because the choreo has a lot of hip-hop in it i don't teach mm. hip-hop choreography i don't teach popping or b-boy choreography it's just choreography so it's like a bunch of like movements that i put together that's inspired by a bunch of different styles so yeah. oh okay because when i saw you the first time and i was going through your to your instagram account what reminded me of your movement obviously excuse my you know ignorance mm-hmm. was you know that justin bieber love yourself video i don't know if i've watched the love yourself video it was like you know like there's a guy lying down with a woman and then he- yes okay i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. Keone, uh, so those two those two dancers their name are uh, keoni and mary and they're mm-hmm. very big uh, they're huge pioneers in the choreography uh industry and 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 scene and more specifically they're a huge pioneers for Asian American dancers because mm. they are kind of like the first big Asian choreographers to make it. So yeah, it, 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 their style is very close to what I do, but even then, even though it looks very similar for like from the outside perspective, when you guys watch that, they're like, Oh, this looks a lot like what Keone and Marie does. It's, it's still very different. Like oh, I, it's I, different. It's different. Yeah. yeah. I don't I think my style is is anywhere near to what they do, but it has it does have a lot of influence from watching their stuff. Yeah, I I I can tell it's different because, like you you just did it now, like with your two hands, like one's yeah. closed, one's like open, and yeah. I didn't see that in the video. More of like moving the head like this, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, but but I do enjoy it. 
I saw that you work for Revolution TV. Is that like a, so you think you can dance like Quebec yeah. edition? We did the show twice. We did the show on season two and season three. And it, it's it's kind of like World of Dance, but from Canada, Mont- more specifically Quebec, Montreal, maybe Toronto a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a really dope show. I think it's a really good concept for a show, and it it has made dance a lot more popular mm-hmm. in Montreal, Canada. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just there's a lot of weird. Um, there's always like behind the scenes issues with the show. Mm. There's always like uh, a bunch of like, uh, I mean, it, it is, it is Canada. I mean, as much as people think it's nice, it's still a very, like, it's a very white prominent country. A lot of Quebecers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like uh, weird stuff that happens here and there, but it's, it's, it's a good show. A lot of my friends work on production for the show. I've met some wonderful, wonderful people through the show. I've gotten a lot of opportunities because of the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I think we are on our fifth, no, fifth or f- sixth season this year. I forgot, mm. but it's still going on. Yeah. Do you still work for them or no? No, no, no. After season three, I was like, we're never doing this again. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, <laughs> good. I'm good. I have to ask you this. Yeah. TikTok dances. What do you think uh, I think, of it? I think every dancer, uh, me, me personally, I never thought TikTok dancers were stupid. I mean, some of them look, some of them look fucking stupid. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but uh, I mean, as a choreographer and as a dancer, I don't understand so much. I understand some people why they're hating on it, but for me, it's just like it has made dance so much more popular than it ever was. Mm. Like dance right now is more, in my opinion anyways, from what I see in media and everything, dance nowadays is more popular than singing. Mm -hmm. Like you see dancers everywhere. When, like even when you talk about like TikTok memes and jokes and what people are talking about, like Rihanna Super Bowl, more people are recreating videos of the dancers doing the weird crawling on the ground (laughs) than like Rihanna singing. Like Rihanna's singing is great. Everyone loves Rihanna. She was pregnant, cool. But more people are talking about how like, oh, the dancing was cool or like the dancing was weird. Like it doesn't matter for me. It's it's still like exposure for dancers overall. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get into the world of like different medias, like if we're talking about K-pop, um, they sing and dance now. It's not just singing anymore. You know, it's been a trend for a while now. A lot more like, you know, dancing has just and TikTok has helped with that a lot. Mm-hmm. As much as it has done bad, it has done good. But uh I think it's social media. It, depending on how you use it, it could be bad, it could be good. Mm-hmm. Um it's always the same for a lot of my friends and a lot of people I've known. I always hear people starting off with, Oh, I don't like TikToks. And then you give them three, four, five months, and they they love the app, and now they're posting on it. It's 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 social media. Do you have a TikTok? You, know? you don't. Eh? I have a I have a TikTok. I have a TikTok. You do? How yeah. come it's not on your uh, Instagram? Oh, because I used to use it like a while back, but then I, I think I use I I still scroll on TikTok for fun, but I used to post on TikTok like kind of at the same time as everyone else did, like during the pandemic when you really had like fucking nothing to do. <laughs> so like that's when I was like posting stuff. And some of my videos did really good. Like I think like two, three of my videos like have like 100K something like mm-hmm. views and like likes and whatever. But like it never really took off. And I, I never really put the effort. I think mm-hmm. that's the scary thing about TikTok is you can put in work 
and nothing's going to happen. And some people post that one good video and it's just going to blow up and mm-hmm. have like a million of views. So it was always just very scary for me. I know consistency makes like, um, it, it'll, it'll, the effort will come through, but also it kind of sucks for us in Canada for TikTok. Like some of my friends are very, very big on TikTok, but TikTok doesn't pay Canadian creators, only Americans. Oh, they don't? No. Whoa. TikTok, TikTok doesn't, I don't, I don't think TikTok, right. Maybe it has changed, but last I checked was like, like last year and TikTok does not have an, uh, like a program for, uh, Canadian content creators, only Americans. Mm. And you mentioned then, oh, sorry, good. Uh, sorry, and like I was gonna say, even then in America right now, they're trying to ban TikTok, so it's not <laughs> even like that stuff is working. Yeah, you mentioned K-pop. Has any K-pop company ever reached out to you to you know teach your oh, no. amazing moves? I mean, uh, me and some of my friends, we were part of a skeleton crew, and the skeleton crew is basically like the crew that is being used to create the choreo okay. before they send it over to the production in Korea. Oh, okay. and uh, we were part of a skeleton crew for a, for a K-pop singer. I forgot his name. To be honest, I I didn't follow his stuff. But it it our our piece ended up being the one they chose, and they made a music video with it. So that was pretty cool. Um, okay. but no, it's never been really something that I was like interested in in terms of like uh, dance. I do watch it, and recently, very very recently, I joined like a a very big like K-pop cover group here in Montreal. Okay. Uh, they're called East OS. They have like. They're, they're very big. I think they're one of the biggest in the world, I want to say. They have like 1.5 million subscribers mm-hmm. or some things. And I recently made the auditions to be in that. But it was mainly more to like uh, meet new dancers. And a lot of my friends are in it. So I wanted to like, you know, have a chance to like dance with them and so on and whatever. But um, no, I've, it, it's never very been a thing for me to like want to make stuff for K-pop dancers. I think if one of these days I keep creating content and choreo and... I get reached out because they love my stuff. Sure, mm. I'm going to do it. But it's not something that's like on my bucket list or something mm. that I'm trying to do. But a mm. lot of my friends are. A lot of my friends are, they want to be able to do that one of these days. So I hope mm. the best for them. But it's not really something that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Is there a signature move in dancing? Like, oh, that's AP's move. Uh, every I think everybody have, has like their signature move. Like I, I have this weird one where like I I used to do all the time. Like I would melt down to my knees and it would look really freaky because like it looks like I break my my ankles. Mm-hmm. I used to do that a lot, but nowadays, especially in Montreal, I think in Montreal specifically, because a lot of people know me for this style. But if you're watching any coils and it's like hand gestures, like people immediately. Like that's the weird shit that AP does. So, <laughs> like, yeah. So everyone has like their thing. I think everyone has their thing here in Montreal. Okay. okay, what if like I'm a dancer and I start quote unquote copying your movement? Is there like a shade thrown at the the other dancer, or is it more of like, oh, that's amazing, he's copying him? <sighs> it, that, that's a very touchy and sensitive subject, but I think from what I know, not really. It depends on what style you use. Uh, more more than anything else for example um if i am not a hip-hop dancer Mm. and i take a few hip-hop classes and then i start teaching hip-hop that that's hella shade that i don't know anything about the culture i don't study it i don't live in it i don't battle i don't go to events and i'm starting to teach hip-hop even if i can do it it doesn't matter if you can do it like no one cares if you can do it it's it's because you don't you you kind of like stole from that community that that's a lot of shade that can be thrown but um, if I do a specific style, 
I think depending on the environment you're in, you can still find a lot of originality. It's hard to find dancers who have the same style unless they dance more what you call industry. Industry is what you see on TV. It's what you see in commercials. Is what you see in music videos. Is what you see in like big classes. It's like it's very like the movements kind of look the same, but everyone kind of has like their own different sauce and style. Mm. But it's very much generic, and you can't ever really be like, oh, this is one person's style. Maybe if they're 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 good enough to a point where they can differentiate themselves, sure, because there are a few who are able to. Most of the time, it's very much like kind of the same. But when it comes to like styles that are a lot more artistic, I want to say it's easy to tell the influences from who. Like my style is not even really my style. I've built it off of like watching my mentor, like Aiden, do his stuff, mixed with a little bit of like some of the teachers that taught me here. Hmm. But now to where it's at in Montreal, everyone kind of knows that like, oh, like if you're like weird finger dancing with like. It's not just the dancing too. It's like the music choice also. Mm-hmm. Not only because a lot of people in Montreal can do this thing. Maybe they don't focus on it as much, but it's like it's the way I do it and the music choice I use. So okay. whenever it comes to stuff like that, people are like, "Okay, this is very AP." So I don't think anybody that can really pick up my style and people will be like, "Oh, he's stealing." Most of the time, people will be like, "Oh, like you're very inspired from this person." Mm. I think I think it's when people start denying the fact that they're being inspired by someone that the shade is going to be thrown. Okay. Like if I shot my concept videos like this, my films like this, and my styles like this, and then someone was like, "Oh, like you're very inspired from Aiden," and I just denied that, like that's just flat out lying because it's like I'm, I'm like, I literally am trying to become like him because he like inspires me so much with a little bit of my taste. So mm-hmm. I think it's rare for choreographers to like really be in a situation where like they copy someone so much to the point where they get like uh, shaded for it. Mm. It's like the Jordan Kobe thing, you know. Kobe tried yeah. to em- to emulate Jordan so much. He got yeah. close, but he has a different taste. Yeah, you know. But that's very interesting. I, like, I love watching dance, man. It's like, so you think you can dance? I love watching that. Any kind of dancing, even mm-hmm. like, like a, like it looks like mimicry, yeah. like mime thing. I still appreciate that, man. Yeah. What made you focus on your style and why do you like about that specific style of dance? All right, number one, I think it reads very well on camera and also because it's really hard to do. I think that's what I enjoy. I think I, weirdly enough, my brain has always had an issue with like dancing a lot bigger, mm. like very big movement. I've always struggled with that. A lot of my teachers have always told me like, like you need to dance bigger. And I got to a point where now I can dance bigger. It's not a problem anymore. Mm. But I realized like I'm very good with like very tiny movements. So like I, I realized that like not only is it hard, I think, I don't think anybody can really like argue with this. I'm not saying that like it makes a style any better than other because there's like, but like I think it's a lot easier to do like a one, two, three, four. Then like if I told you to do like one, two, three, four, like that's a lot harder for like your brain to understand. Not because you're not good at it because, but as a dancer, you're, you've been conditioned your whole life to dance with your whole body. Yeah. So now that I'm asking you to like isolate parts of your body to like do stuff, like it's a lot harder. So I think that's a big challenge for me still. And it's just fun. Like I enjoy how you can hit music a different way. I think that's mm. also a very fun thing. Like to hit like a snare or a bass with like a chest or like a punch or like an arm or like a head. Like it's been done a lot, but to like hit like a bass snare crack 
boom. Like it just, it's, it's the, the fine little details like tickle my brain more, I guess. I love it. You mentioned earlier that you were a skeleton crew for like a K-pop. So you created yeah. the movement, right? You created a choreography. Oh, no, we were hired to be part of the skeleton crew. So I was a dancer along with uh, a couple of other dancers uh, in Montreal and some from America that came over. And it oh. was uh, a choreographer that made the piece. And then we were there to like just basically oh, okay. whatever he told us to do, we had to do it. Okay. And then we had like one or two days to create it. And then they sh- they we filmed it and then we sent it over to the company. Okay. Yeah. Is, this is what I'm getting at. Okay. Let's say you made a piece, a choreographer piece, and you for the lack of a better word, you sell it to like a group to perform. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that they own that movement now that you cannot replicate that movement anymore? Is there like no. even an intellectual property in dancing? Uh, it depends. It, it very much depends. I know some uh, dance companies in America do that. Not From what I know, not here in Canada, no. Uh, not that I know of. But like, for example, sometimes, I don't know if you've seen, there's like, uh, you can learn dance online now. Mm-hmm. From like a few like uh, I know like Steezy is a very big one. It's like a, this app that you can download, and like they have a lot of famous choreographers like teach a choreo on the app, and then uh, show it to you, break it down. It's like a whole hour long video, and at the end, it's like a class but online. Mm-hmm. I know those videos when you sign to teach with Steezy, that becomes their intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Like you're not allowed to teach the choreo that you taught at Steezy anywhere else because it belongs to them. Okay. But I don't know for K-pop. I think for K-pop as well, yes. Uh, I think you are allowed to say that the choreo is yours because you're a choreographer. But most of the time, it becomes like more like the choreo of that dance group because they're the one performing it. They're the one making money off of it. They're the one getting famous off of it. So I'm pretty sure you sign an NDA or a contract saying that like, oh, like we can give you credit for being choreographer, but this becomes like our thing now. Mm. I think so anyways but I know here in Canada it might be different unless it's like a TV show or something but even then I think, still think choreographers get credit for their work okay so, yeah. can you dance like those uh, like samba and like merengue there no I think I took one class or I took one or two classes of like bachata once but that was pretty much it <laughs> yeah those guys are athletes man yeah, they are. I, I do not understand how you move your hips and step that fast. Like, like my body. Quick. I do not understand, but it looks cool. Yeah, it does look cool. But man, like I, that's one thing I love about dance, you know, like your style and then their style. It's so different, but their dance. How would you define dancing? Uh, honestly, I, I just see it as like, uh, it's like, I think a lot of dancing, obviously, depending on who you talk to, yes, you can dance without music, I know. But for the majority of the part, dancing is done through music and dancing was created because of music. Mm. So I think it, it, it's dancing is a way to interpret music. And that can be interpreted but based on the person very different. Like I said, I could give one song to one person and give the same exact song to another dancer who have the exact same style and they will still, the both of them create something different. Hmm. But it's the way they inter- interpret the music. So I think it's a, it's a, dance is a, is a way to like express yourself through music physically in a hmm. way, I guess. Yeah, makes sense. Has there been a time you wanted to stop pursuing dancing? I think everybody thinks about it a little bit. Maybe some people less than others. I have definitely thought about it. Like sometimes at my lowest, I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. But then it takes like five seconds for me to be like, 
if I don't dance, I think I'm going to be missing like a big part of my life. So I don't think I could ever really quit dance. Maybe one day I could stop teaching. Maybe one day I would stop training, but I don't mm. think I would ever stop like creating dance videos or dancing with friends. Like that's just not possible. Mm. What's your main goal with your dancing career? What's, what do you think? Like that's, that's it. That's the, like the big whale. Uh, I don't really want to make an impact, so to speak, but I definitely do want like a legacy. Hmm. Uh, whether it's big or small, I don't care. But I, I, to know that I've inspired a few people to dance or to know that like some people look up to me and want to dance because of me, uh, that's main, my main goal. Especially here in Montreal, like I said, the drop-in community is dying a little bit more. I want to very much be a community-led choreographer. I don't want to... Like my dream as a dancer is not to go on tour with like Beyonce or like with like anybody. Like it's it's more to like uh, teach and like create and create a sense of like uh, like I said, yeah, community to like the next generation of dancers for like a safe space for them to like one day create, maybe one day go on tour. Mm-hmm. But like I, I want to be like a figurehead and a leader and someone that people can like go to for advice and train with. Is mainly uh-huh. my goal. I yeah. love that, man. Last question before we close out. Yes, sir. What did you learn in dancing that you now apply in your daily life? Uh, dancing has made my scheduling a little bit better. <laughs> definitely. Like I think growing up, I was horrible with like. I showed up late all the time. I, I never gave back work on time. But, you know, when, like you never really get penalized for it that bad because, you know, it's live. People give you second chances. But in dance, it's like you have to teach a class. You have a room of like 20, 30 people expecting you to teach something. You hmm. cannot show up unprepared. If you show up unprepared, you look stupid as hell. <laughs> it's like it's made me want to become more like um, – better with my scheduling uh i i I time things better i pace myself better Mm -hmm. and it's also just um the one biggest thing in terms of life that i can say that i feel like is very different whenever i talk to like my friends who are not uh not even just dancers artists in general like you could be a painter a musician uh any sort of art i think uh one thing that it has taught me about life when i speak to other people is that when you're an artist, you discover yourself uh, spiritu- uh, spiritually and emotionally a lot earlier in life. Like in my, like when I started dancing, like when I was like 17, 16, I was already starting to ask questions about like, you know, like in what community do I belong? Like, where do I want, like, how do I want to see myself as an individual? What's the impact that I want to leave behind? How do I become a better artist? And like, how, like I, I go on my self-discovery journey a lot earlier in life than most people. A lot of my friends, their journey is very different. They go to school, they graduate, they get married, they have kids, and then they start wanting to discover themselves. They want to travel. They, they want to pick up an, a, a form of art now that everything is settled. Mm. But for a lot of us um, artists and dancers specifically also, like it's the reverse. We start off wanting to like do all these things and then we worry about um things later on in life and like it's starting to become like that a little bit for me like i realized that now that dance is good and i figured out like where i want to be in this community and what i want to do and like the impact that i'm leaving behind you know and that's now i'm like okay financially you know i gotta i gotta survive also so yeah yeah these questions start to show up but uh, it's giving you more of a sense of responsibility 
Beautiful, man. Again, AB, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I thank really do so appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you and have a good evening. You as well, man. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you again, AP, for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you again, listeners, for listening. This is Aaron Deliosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.